Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, maybe even some you've never heard of, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you could identify your unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. Speaking of super cool jobs, today we're talking to Brianna Glenn, the owner and travel designer of Milk and Honey Travels, a boutique travel advising company based in Los Angeles, California. This episode is such a treat. You'll get to hear Brianna's story of how her 10-year career as a professional track and field athlete, traveling for competitions all around the world, gave her an idea that would lead her to her next purpose-filled career move. What I love most about this conversation is that Brianna is really honest that the career pivot process took time, including a two-year venture into corporate America, then another few years of hard work before her business idea became a fully built-out reality. Dreams take work and time and grit, but doing what you love and honoring who you are can be so rewarding. I hope you soak up all the business and travel wisdom so generously shared in this episode. Whether you want to kickstart your own career as a travel advisor for an agency or self-employed, or if you just want to start a business of your own of any kind, you'll love this conversation. By the way, I say this sincerely, you need to check out Brianna's beautiful website, www.milkandhoneytravels.com for incredible photos and just branding inspiration. I'm really obsessed with her website for some reason, Um, but you'll see incredible photos from her travel experiences, as well as free itineraries for perfectly curated trips. You can also keep up with Brianna on her beautiful Instagram page at Brianna Glenn. Both Brianna and Glenn have two N's each, by the way, in the spelling. So go give her a follow and just use one click to tap the stars on iTunes to support this show with a rating. Your help means so much to me. Okay, now let's dive into this conversation with Brianna. Brianna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is kind of a dream come true, as I was telling you, because as someone who loves to travel, I have really thought, what would it be like to be a travel agent? I mean, that's the term that I always thought of it as. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited to dig into your story and what your job is really like. Well, it's a pleasure because I love chatting about something that I'm so passionate about. So anytime I can share that with others, it's a win for me. And it's a win for all of us because we can't wait to hear it. (laughs) How about, let's just dive in with, tell us a little bit about your company and your Mm -hmm. role within it and how you identify as a travel designer. Yeah, for sure. So I started Milk and Honey Travels about five years ago and I call it a boutique travel agency simply because while what I do under the umbrella of a travel agent encompasses all the things you might think it does. A boutique travel agency is just very, uh, a niche that kind of represents the type of travel that I do and who I do it for. And so really it was just 
a dream of mine to number one, be an entrepreneur in some way, to do something I was passionate about on a daily basis and to feel like I was helping people in my own way, experience and live life to the fullest. And so that's kind of, it came literally just as an idea. And then it was just like, how do you make this happen? Which is kind of the great thing of living in this day and age that you have the opportunity to do that. You know, you can really just take an idea and keep going and figure out how to make it a business. And so yes, I did that five right. years ago. Yeah, I did that five years ago. That's what I'm ago. trying to tell people. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the literal truth. Like I no. had no background in this, but it was, listen, it's, it's, it's something like if you want to figure it out, you just have to start. So it's really about jumping in the deep end learning how to swim once you're there and, you know, being, you know, persevering, obviously, because it's definitely not easy, but mm -hmm. that was five years ago. So now I can look back and say, Hey, like I was onto something, but it's been the opportunity to kind of just really live out a passion of mine and continue to stay connected to travel in a, in a really cool way. Oh my gosh. I am going to just for a brief moment, resist the urge to just dive right into your story because I know some tidbits <laughs> are so fascinating. Yeah. And I want to ask two questions that I typically ask every other guest at the start, which is, what are you all about? Mm -hmm. And what's a career dream of yours, big or small for the future? Yeah. So what I'm all about, I mean, I, could, I feel like, you know, life's biggest question. <laughs> but I really, I would say this, I'm about experiences. So that's just what I think is kind of like my guiding, you know, point in life. Like, how can I make this an experience? So that's to do with everything, right? If it's just like sitting at home, like, is there a candle lit? And is the music right? And is, you know, are we cooking dinner with a nice glass of wine? Like everything needs to be an experience. And so I take that with obviously with travel, but just living life. Like, how can we make this an experience? Like, what can we do to kind of just savor it a bit. And I think a career dream of mine, honestly, I've had this, as crazy as it is, I'm a person who obviously is in travel. I've personally been to 42 countries now, but I did not travel at all growing up. And so I had this, you know, my son got his passport when he was three months old. Um, oh, look at him. What a step right? up. Like he, so he already doesn't look at his passport <laughs> picture now that he's almost a year. But so anyway, it's kind of been my dream, like to have my business somehow be able to help young people see and experience the world in a way that I think is so enlightening, um, but that who might not have a chance otherwise. So that's kind of like one of my big goals with, with my business and what I want to see, you know, happen in the future that Milk and Honey Travels can be a part of. Okay, now I get to dive right into what I'm so excited about. You started hinting a little bit. So I know you said you didn't experience travel much at all growing up, but yeah. then I... I guess I'll tease up. I know you were a professional track and field athlete yes. and you started to ex experience it there. So tell us about your story kind of from no travel to this track and field career to starting your business. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's a little bit of a different out of college career path than most people I would probably say, um, <laughs> but I was a athlete in college. So I went to college on a full scholarship and um, competed in the sport of track and field while I was there and had a successful career. And so once I graduated, there was an opportunity to continue to compete and make that, you know, your career choice. Now it's not as lucrative as, you know, being in the NBA or the NFL, but what it does do is track and field is a worldwide sport. And so 
you have the opportunity to train, you know, year round, but your competitions are all around the world. And so I would train here and then I would go out during the summertime and the springtime and compete around the globe. And so on six continents, different countries, what have you, that was my introduction into travel and into seeing the world was number one, doing something I was passionate about, which was my sport because I loved it and I was good at it. And it was something I was really passionate about. But then number two, that follow-up passion of like, I'm doing this around the globe. And for me, you know, it was just like, wow, like, this is really cool. Like, look at my life, which was a really awesome thing. Because like I said, I didn't grow up traveling. So my first passport stamp came through track and field. And over the years, I had a 10 year career. So over the years, just traveling to different countries, getting more comfortable um, with traveling, then I would spend summers just staying in Europe. So I didn't have to like fly back and forth. Um, Whoa, that sounds so yeah, cool. <laughs> super cool. So even, you know, even more of that, like authentic, like real life experience, you know, mm-hmm. if like you rent a flat in Germany or Italy or something like that, like you have to like, how, how do I go to the market? You know, like, how do I yeah, just do- live there? Yeah, live there. So yeah, just a really, really cool experience. And kind of where my love of travel came from was definitely that first career that I had. So tell me a bit from connecting the dots from Mm -hmm. knowing your interest is pricked. I want maybe my track and field career is ending. What's Mm -hmm. next? I know that could be scary, especially for people, for athletes. I've personally career coached an athlete before. I also trained to be a professional ballet dancer um, from six years old to 18. And after that dream ended because of an injury, I was at a total loss. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure people can relate. And I'd love to hear how you felt and how you navigated that. Right. And so, you know, I can paint it with like rose colored glasses now (laughs) during the time I was like, Oh, what in the world am I doing with my life? Especially as you know, when you are very singularly focused on something and it's your passion and it's your purpose, it's, it's also part of your identity to a degree. Mm -hmm. And so you see yourself as this, I am an athlete. That's what I do. That's what I know. This is what I poured my heart and my soul into for all of these years. And then when that ends and it does because you don't really see 72 year old <laughs> field athletes or ballet dancers or what have you. Um, the question then becomes, well, what now? Like what, who else am I? So to speak. And so that was a question that I wrestled with and I didn't actually have the answer right away. I sat on my couch for a good eight months being mm-hmm. like, how do I even write a resume? <laughs> like I've yeah. never had to do this before. What do I put? I jump in sand. <laughs> like I run really fast. Like, you know, not that there are, I had a lot of great qualities for being, you know, a professional athlete and and being successful, but you had to make them seem like they transferred to something. And a lot of companies were not thinking they did. And so I was kind of staring at like this big, like unknowing future being like, who am I? What do I, what am I good at? What do I want to do? And not really having a lot of answers at the beginning. So I dipped my toe into corporate America. I did. What a fun place. Yes. It was, it was lovely. I was like, I went out and bought myself some Calvin Klein dresses and some sensible heels. And I was a pharmaceutical sales rep for almost two years, actually. It was great. As It was a paycheck. That's, all, that's what I looked at it as. But for me, I went from a certain type of this is, you know, my life is something I'm really passionate about and that I love and that is my own to I do something and it, it's a paycheck. It's fine yeah. to this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. 
So that was just like me asking myself the hard questions. Well, what do you want to do? Well, what are you willing to risk to kind of try this new thing out? I thankfully am a very, like, I don't mind risk. I'm okay with the unknown. And so for me, it was literally just asking myself that question, kind of brainstorming, throwing out ideas. And one of them, it was literally a conversation with my best friend. She's like, well, what do you do already that you love? I'm like, I love planning people's vacations, which is a random thing that I actually really loved. I would just do it for anybody. Like, oh, you're going on a honeymoon? Let me plan it. And I'm good at it, you know? So I already knew that. Like I had, I had the experience of just being a traveler, but I'm also good at planning things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was just that conversation that got the wheels turning. And then it's just a deep dive into like, what, how does this happen? What does it look like? What do I need to know? Where do I need to start? And just deciding that I was going to jump into that pool and figure it out. I'd rather, you know, I think that there are definitely personality types that fit well for entrepreneurship. And I, I believe that is me and it's not everybody, like not everybody likes the idea of, of that. And some people just love I'm on from nine to five and then I'm off. Don't ask me to think about my job or anything that that's not me. So it was really just that passion that was like, I'll figure this out. It's something I, I know I, I'm going to love and I, I can figure out how to be good at it. Heck yeah. That's what I love to hear. What was that? Well, almost you said six years now, right about uh, six years uh, of milk and honey travel. Yeah. It's been, yeah. Five years, five years, five years at about five and a half years. So yeah. So in those five and a half years, what was the business development process like for you and your experience? If you see it kind of in phases, like the baby phase where you're trying to get it up off the ground. And I'm sure it's, I mean, if anyone just, I should plug your website. It's so beautiful. It looks like, wow, this is the coolest boutique travel design agency ever. Like this is a really established business. What has your experience in that growth process been like? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the, at the beginning, what I knew was important was to look the part, Mm -hmm. you know, fake it till you make it, whatever. But like, you don't, if you're, if you're legitimately stepping into a business or starting a business, you want people to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. And so it was important that I had a real website and that I, you know, like looks like this is what I do. This is not a hobby. This is not something that I'm like, yeah, if somebody wants, you know, I want people to know that this is my business, but also what I needed to do was reframe how people knew me. So if Mm -hmm. people knew me as an athlete or knew me as a pharmaceutical sales rep, I wanted them to know me now as a travel advisor. And so I had to change the conversation of like, what does Brianna do? Well, she does this. And in order to do that, I had, you have to continue to tell people you have to look professional. You have to have like your website and your newsletter and your all, all of those things where you're consistently getting across your brand message and, and making sure that people understand what you do, who you do it for, and why you do it. And that's a broken record that you just continue to say because you have to like beat people over the head with it almost. But another thing is that like understanding that this is the long game. So Mm -hmm. I'm in a business that requires clients (laughs) and a client base. And so much of, especially with travel, it's word of mouth is a very big referrals are huge, no matter how great like your marketing is or your social media referrals are really big. So I had to get those first few clients and they had to have a good experience. And then they had to tell people that takes time. And so that first year was like, you know, my cousin and my sister, yes. and, you know, like, yeah, that's how it is. You know, it, it has to start somewhere. <laughs> and you just, 
understand though that like, okay, this is, this is that not so pretty beginning and being okay with top ramen for dinner or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, you know, it, that was it for like the first couple years, I would say the first two years were just lean and staying focused on where I was going, but like knowing that this was going to take time to build that client base, to also build my brand so that people knew what I was about and that they could then tell their people what I was about. And I think that that was really a big thing is making sure that like my brand experience was something that people got. They knew if it was for them and they knew if it wasn't for them. Oh gosh, there is so much wisdom that I wish I knew earlier on in the process. I love how you just really, really sober-mindedly embrace the long game. Yeah. This is just how it is. Honestly, I thought the long game was like first year, but no, it's much more accurately like you were saying the first couple of years to three, four, (laughs) whatever it is. So keep in mind that that doesn't have to be a defeating thing. It's just a part of the process and you have to keep on as you're saying, establishing your brand, establishing your brand, reminding people, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what you can know me for. Yeah. Especially if you're transitioning your career and changing the title in people's minds associated with your name. Absolutely. Um, in your experience, I guess just more broadly looking at the travel services industry, if it's fair to call it that, for anyone who's interested in going into that, can you speak to the different career paths or specialties, if you know of any within this industry, if you want to work as a, I guess, a travel agent? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a beauty in that it can look so different. And so first and foremost, it's this idea of you can do this independently. Um, You can do it fully independently, meaning that like you start your own business and you, you know, you have the right accreditations and the right licenses and whatnot. You can act as an independent contractor. And so you own what you do, but you work underneath the umbrella of like a host agency who takes care of a lot of the back office stuff and insurance and stuff like that, but you are still independent. And then you can also work as an employee, which, you know, there are larger travel agencies who have a staff of people who work with, you know, obviously a a much larger client base usually. And so all of those have their pros and cons for sure. And then I think the other thing you look at is what type of travel interests you or where, where do you see as, a, as even I like to say, like a lot, sometimes what I've chosen to do is also a business decision. You know, I might love backpacking trips through Europe. I cannot figure out how to make that profitable. So I'm not, <laughs> that's not going to be a service I offer. True. And so, yeah. So there, there's that as well. But like the good thing about being what I like to just call a boutique travel agency is that I don't have to do every single type of travel. I don't necessarily know much about cruising. I don't go on cruises. That's not the type of travel that I prefer. So I don't have to offer cruises. There can be a cruise specialist who offers cruises and they're going to know much more about the right cruise for you and the different types. And there's like a bajillion ships and on the ships, there's a bajillion levels and depths. And so that might be your jam or you might be in love with Disney. And so there are agents who only do Disney trips. I would poke my eyes out. I don't Same. want anybody coming to me asking me about Disney. Like, I don't even want to go to Disney. And Get so, away from me. Yeah. So there's just like within travel, there is such, um, you can be a destination specialist. Like I only do trips to Italy. You can be a type of travel specialist. I only do honeymoons. 
So mm -hmm. it's where your interests lie. It's what makes business sense. And then it's what avenue you're going to take in terms of how independent you want to be. Or if you like, you work for an agency. The good thing is you're not finding your own clients, which is the hardest part about yeah. <laughs> legitimately starting your own business is like, please be my client, you know? And so when you have that other kind of like built-in client base and you're doing the work, but not the client acquisition, that could be appealing to a lot of people as well. So I think that the great thing is that there's no real way that it has to be done. You really just find the way that works for your personality type and for what you love as well, <laughs> like where those overlap. This is reminding me of one of those taglines uh, about business knowledge, whatever that's uh, stuck with me a lot. The riches are in the niches. It actually yes. helps so much <laughs> to be as obnoxiously specific as possible and don't pretend to specialize in everything because that's not a specialty. Not <laughs> You're not all. an expert at everything. And well, so if you want to do- expert in the world? Like Nobody. the entire world, really? <laughs> like, yeah, no. Really? Nobody <laughs> believes you. And <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you said, it's like when you try and speak to everyone, you speak to no one. So yeah. the more that you can speak directly to a certain type of person looking to do a certain type of trip, it's beneficial. It really is. Yeah. So if you specialize, if you just sit there and think, I really want to get into travel advising, I'm very, let's say for me, so passionate about helping people have the absolute most magical time in Texas in the hill country or something like that. If you find yourself thinking of your specialty first, is it common to also be able to have such a niche specialty at an agency and be able to have the option open to do your own business, hold that niche within an agency, or even hold that niche as a contractor for some other smaller yeah. You know what? I, I definitely see the value in that. I, I feel like there, I, there wouldn't really be a wrong answer. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, like in my first year, I planned like a weekend trip to Vegas, like <laughs> I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. I'm not saying that I didn't learn there while I was going through that process of just like, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. I'll do that. Like I'll do that. Like I learned, right. I learned mm -hmm. also what I, what I love doing and also what I didn't love to do. And so that can be very valuable. And, you know, like, I think what's important is wherever you start is like, you knowing where, where you're going mm -hmm. and it's okay that like at the beginning, right, there's other stuff that comes into play if you're focused on like where you're going. And I think a lot of that even goes back to like, when you understand what your brand is and your brand message is because you're saying the thing that you want people to come mm -hmm. to you for, right? Yeah, like I do this <laughs> for these people and this is how I do it. Right. And so it doesn't, they're going to attract like this person over here, this person over here, but mm -hmm. the more you do that, the more you will attract that type of trip, that type of client, et cetera. So I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. But again, at the beginning, I, I don't know a business owner who was just like, you know, well, what I only do is <laughs> five-star luxury African safaris. I've never done anything else. Like that's probably not so realistic. But when you have that understanding of what you want to do, I think you're going to get there that much quicker. If you don't mm -hmm. know yet, you do a little bit of a lot of things and you figure it out. And once you kind of landed on it, then you can kind of double down there, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, yeah. 
absolutely. I think your example completely resonates with the person who's like, I have put my stake in the sand and I only do luxury African safaris and that's it. And don't talk to me about anything right. else. Uh, I also just started my business last week. So yeah. cool. Yeah. That, and I it's not going to happen. Yeah. Just, you know, have your specialty, your desired specialty in mind. Maybe yes. of course you'll naturally find yourself holding that a little bit loosely in the first uh in the startup phase of the first oh, maybe sure. couple of years yeah. <laughs> it's natural you'll figure it out you'll figure yeah. it out um, <laughs> but especially if you're like mm, you know I would love a upgrade from ramen this week I think I am going to take that Vegas trip this week yep exactly. <laughs> or plan that or for you someone gotta eat. yeah <laughs> you gotta eat what are some common misconceptions that you've faced in claiming your career as a travel designer? Yeah, I mean, well, number one, I think it, it is, can be, probably not right now, but it can be like, people think you just are jet setting around the world, you know, yeah. like staying at nice hotels and, and dipping your feet into the next infinity pool when majority of the time you're staring at a computer screen until your eyes are crossed and you know you're on hold with airlines for like three hours at a time and so while travel is a big part of what you do it does become more of work when you do get to travel so there are a lot of things where if I'm traveling, especially on somebody else's dime, I'm there to work. So I might be in a destination seeing seven different hotel properties in a day. And that's not very relaxing. That's not a vacation. And so it's a definite, like <laughs> what you see on whatever social media or something like that is not real life because it does become your job. And it's also, you know, as you have to like the planning and the organization and all of that part. It is, I always tell people like loving to travel and loving to plan travel are not the same thing. Yes. And so while people who love to plan travel also do love travel, that's not what makes them good at it. You have to love the planning part to be good at this job and to actually like it. And so if you just love to travel, you can be an influencer and you can go down that route, but that's not what we are. We're not influencers, like just, you know, staring off into the sunset and then getting paid for it. So to speak. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, well, maybe not. Nice. You have yeah. a lot of purpose in your job, though. Yes. And so, on it, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say honest work as if influencers don't. You get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there's a reason why you're gifted in planning and why that has been beautifully paired in your life to create this career for you. But, okay. I have actually, I'm realizing so many questions about how does your business actually work? What portion is travel? What are you doing on those trips? How is that on someone else's dime like the scenario you painted and visiting seven hotels? Is that for one client who said, I want to go to the Amalfi Coast? Can you make sure that? Right. Oh, I see what you're are... saying. Yeah, no. So it's, and everybody can kind of, not everybody does it the same, but so if you're in travel and this is in your business, you, you're constantly learning, um, visiting. Like I have to, you know, it's like, you don't trust a skinny pastry chef or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> don't trust a travel advisor that never travels. So there's, it's behooves me to definitely be out there seeing these places that I want to send clients to understanding for myself what the vibe is like, or who it's best for stuff like that. Now, 
how that happens, it comes a lot of different ways. I still travel like on my own for my personal Mm -hmm. enjoyment. That's part of my travel every year. Part of it is what you call familiarization trips or fam trips for short. Mm -hmm. And those can look different in that like you can be invited by a certain hotel. Hey, come visit our property. Check it out. You can be invited by a tourism board. Hey, Mm -hmm. like get to understand Croatia better and, and, you know, they invite you and let you see it or a certain company, a certain brand, different places invite you to come experience their products so that you can sell it better. And so that is like the key thing is you're there so that you can learn and sell it, not so you can enjoy and Mm -hmm. sit back and relax at the Mai Tai. And so those are the things that you have to think of. And so sometimes I marry the two, right? So say I'm in Paris for a girl's trip. And then I might have one day where I decide this is my day for site inspection. So I'll have like a list of seven hotels. I want to see these hotels myself. I want to see the room types. I want to have tea or cocktails or dinner at this hotel. Like, so that I know, oh, when a client comes to me and they like this, that, and the other thing, this is the best hotel for you. I know it's a great location. The rooms look out over the street, whatever the case may be, knowing what's important to them. And I also now have a relationship with the general manager that, at that hotel or somebody who can make their stay more personal. So there's just a lot of different ways. Number one, it's a relationship business, but number two, it's a knowledge business. And so the more knowledge I have, the better I can create the right types of experiences for my clients as well. So every year, my travel that I choose to to do is kind of a combination of all those things. Still traveling mm-hmm. for myself, but also when I'm working and traveling, it's work. Yeah. That happens to be not in my home. <laughs> yes. How often are you doing those familiarization trips? Um, less now because I have a little human. Yes, little human. <laughs> before, I would say at least once a quarter. So, you know, four trips a year. And they're all dependent on either destinations I want to know better. I, I'm choosy now like at first is anybody who would have me but now it's like if I'm going to step away from my home and my business it needs to make sense like I need Mm -hmm. to get something out of it that is going to be beneficial and worthwhile as a business advancement Mm -hmm. hey there if you're listening to this episode right now because you're interested in making any kind of career pivot I wanted to let you know, I'm here to help you do just that in record time without the stress of analysis paralysis or the fear of making the wrong choice. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp. I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and a meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular career path out of the sea of options, then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program so you could have me by your side, walking you through each step of the career transition process from discerning God's will for your life and what path you're truly called to take to finding the exact job title that aligns with that, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed. I'm here to be your personal career coach from start to finish. 
My signature two-month private career coaching program includes seven weekly coaching sessions with me, access to the library of guides and workbooks I've created to clearly guide you through your transition, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail down all the practicals like your networking strategy, messaging, your resume, and interviews and negotiations. I will help you save a load of time, stress, and dead-end job applications that is so associated with the typical job hunt. I'm here to help you land the job you're called to with confidence and speed. If all that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. To take the first step, go to my website, kelseykemp.com coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through your unique challenges and achieve your highest goals so you could fulfill the vision and hopes God has put on your heart for your career. I only work with people who are ready to go deep, do the work, and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful career aligned with who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to get started. Okay, now back to the episode. How are you choosing those locations? Because, you know, the world is a huge place. I guess, are you collecting feedback from clients who are having you plan their trip and they're, three of them just said Croatia. And mm-hmm. so you're like, oh, I got to go. Or I guess another question I have in that is if a client comes to you and says, I want to go to some random location that you've never been before, how do you handle that? Right. So I think I choose, you know, it's, Staying on top of trends, that's part of it. Like, what's the new hot spot for? I mean, 2020 is your living room, but like, <laughs> <laughs> what are the hot spots like for 2021? Like, what's starting to become more and more popular? I take note of that. And mm-hmm. like, that's in the back of my mind. I also know, like, where's just always popular with American tourists? Like, mm-hmm. Italy is yeah. always going to be the place where a lot of people want to go. So, it makes sense for me to know more about places where I know my clients are going to want to go to. So some of them is just like kind of staying on top of trends. Some of them is just paying attention to like where your clients are asking to go to and making sure that you have the right type of knowledge. And then the third part of that is to your point of like places I haven't been, or I don't know that well, it's my job to have the right connections. So that's what I mean. Like relationships are so big in this industry is because I'm just one person. While I have been to 42 countries, number one, there's a lot more than 42, but number two, even in that, it's like, how deep is my knowledge? Not as deep Mm -hmm. as someone who lives there, whose job is to only know Italy or only know Mm -hmm. Croatia. So it's my job to have connections in all of the destinations that I'm sending clients so that I can partner with a company or a supplier in country that understands my business model my experience that I'm trying to provide and helps me make it happen and also gives me the insider knowledge that I need so that I become the valuable resource that takes you Googling something and getting 72,000 options presented to you. And that's no longer how you make a decision. You can trust me to go to a trusted resource, get what I need for your trip 
and pair that together based on what I know of you. So essentially it's me being a very glorified middleman in some cases, but one that has the right connections and the knowledge of both things, right? The destination and the person who's trying to travel. That's insanely valuable. And this is, I promise, the last bunny trail that I'm going to allow myself to ask a question on. But obviously you must be some sort of expert relationship builder since this is such a huge part of your business. What, I guess, just a couple tips do you have for how you effectively reach out to people and get responses and build enough rapport to have them maybe invite you out for a trip? Right. Or say, yeah, I will help your client know exactly what to do in this village. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, it, it's a time thing, number one, because when you start, obviously you don't know anybody and nobody knows you. Mm -hmm. uh, so you build these relationships over time, but there's a couple of different ways. Number one, there are, which a lot of people don't understand, like from a client facing, like consumer facing, excuse me, perspective of all that can go on in the background when you work with a travel advisor or somebody who's assisting you in creating your trip. There are people and companies and everything that work only with us. So they're not advertising to the general public. They're mm -hmm. advertising to me like, Hey, I have this small wine company. I'm a guide in Tuscany and I do these private wine tours. And this mm -hmm. is what I've put together. And what, if you ever have clients that are interested in something like this, please keep me in mind. Mm -hmm. And so that goes in my Italy folder, right? They're not advertising to yeah. Joe Schmo. They're advertising to travel advisors. Yeah. So number one, I go to a lot of conferences on a yearly basis, not this year, but that are specifically for meeting the right type of people, right? So you, you sit down and you basically get somebody's like elevator pitch, little mm -hmm. spiel. This is my company. This is what we do. This is what we offer. And I say, okay, like that sounds really great. I would love to know more. And that's when the relationship starts. And now I have this information of the type of clients and, you know, whatever that I'm working with, but also the type of experiences, businesses, hotels, whatever, that I can now like start to match correctly. So that's part of it. When I go to countries, I also like seek out different companies. And that's what's a really important thing of knowing your own brand is because people can look at my brand and understand if they mesh well with that. Like if it's mm -hmm. an alignment, it's very clear. I hope, <laughs> what type of brand it is, who it's for, what type of travel experiences I'm trying to provide. So a brand looking at that can be like, oh, well, I have something that I think really matches well with this. Or no, we're trying to provide like bargain basement trips to 18 year olds. Backpacking trips. Yeah. So it's like, they'll know, right? Like yeah. this is not for me. So I think that's, and it's obviously something you develop over time. So people who have been in this industry 20, 30 years, like their Rolodex is super deep, I'm but sure. it's also a, a great reason that like, especially what I find now is newer advisors, people who are like so much more collaborative. All I need to know is who can I ask? Like mm -hmm. I have a Facebook group of advisors just like me. And if I have a question, somebody in there is going to know, Oh, talk to this person. Oh, I'll introduce you to this person. It's, collaborative. Mm -hmm. So it's not just my brain. It's the brain of 200 other advisors that are willing to help me with everything they know as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That must be so comforting to anyone listening to this, thinking that they might be interested in following in your footsteps, but prone to understandable fears like, well, I haven't been to every country in the world. So who am I to advise people? And what happens if my first client 
is asking for advice that I have no idea about. Right. It, you know, there's always, always someone you can people. ask. It does not matter your resources. It's about how resourceful you are. That's another tagline. I can't even remember, remember <laughs> where I've got that from, but I'm sure every um, small business owner who's gotten for, through the first couple of years is like, yes, heard it, yep. know it, live it. <laughs> but what is a typical day in the life like? for you in terms of hours and the tasks that you spend the majority of your time doing? Yeah. So, I mean, it's changed a lot. I would say in the last year, again, little human has made me number one, find more balance. So I'm a person who, if there's work to be done, I don't care what time it is. <laughs> like a yeah. work-life balance, what's that? And then I was forced to create it. And so now I have a lot more structure and boundaries in when I work and how I work and what I get done. And so I have a business where communication is obviously key. I'm communicating with clients, people are traveling, people are getting ready to travel. So there's all different stages. And so I have to make sure that number one, I'm able to service the clients that I have, but also work on potential trips that I'm, that I have, that I need to kind of like put together proposals for. I have to then, you know, spend time marketing to make sure that people know I exist. Yeah. There's all the hats, right? So I try and structure my days that chunks of time are only for certain things. Like for me personally, you can't just call me. Like mm -hmm. I'm not answering. So you can just yeah. follow my calendar. That's the only time we're actually talking. Unless you're in country somewhere and you have an emergency, of course you can call then. So if I am working on proposals, say Monday mornings for, for three hours, like it's my job to like be fully committed to working on proposals. And then it's my job to have consultations for this chunk of time. And so I'll schedule consultations back to back to back so I can knock those out. I need to make sure that like I chunk my time like that. I can't jump from task to task because yeah. of the type of work I'm doing. It really needs my attention. And I need to make sure that all of the things within like a week's time. And so it is, it's an ebb and flow because like sometimes of the year are very busy travel planning seasons. So everybody's planning their trips for the summer, right? In like late January, February. So I'm getting a ton of requests in then. And that's my time to be like, I'm going a lot of hours planning proposals and, and doing all of that. And then I'll have a season where not many people, like during the holidays, for instance, nobody's planning their trip during Thanksgiving. Yeah. They're just enjoying Thanksgiving. So that season is, is very dead for travel planning. So you have these waves and you kind of adjust your day-to-day -day activities based on the waves. And then also within those days, you know, it's again, just chunks of time for consultations, chunks of time for other tasks that need to be done. Like I do all of my, obviously social media blogs, newsletters and stuff like that. So I need to have chunks of time to write content or post or stuff like that. And those need to be built into to my week. Otherwise, you know, they don't get done. Like yeah. it's very easy to kind of overlook the working on your business when you're so in your business. And so you have yeah. to schedule that. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. I have to ask, are you a one woman show? Because this is just too impressive. All the things. <laughs> I am not anymore. No, I, I have oh, a congrats. great assistant. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, she started working with me right before... I had my baby because I knew I was going to need like specific help. And I had already a virtual assistant at that time, but it wasn't just my virtual assistant. So I used her for tasks, 
but then I needed somebody who could really just, I could unload on being like, mm-hmm. basically I'm going on maternity leave. Just call me if there's an emergency. Um, <laughs> so I basically trained somebody, which I learned. It's basically learning how to clone yourself, which mm-hmm. very hard, especially when you start off as a one person show, because you just do it and you figure everything out. And it's only really in your head. <laughs> like I had to learn how to take everything out of my head and make it so somebody else could follow it and understand what I did and why I did it. And then realize that like these 27 steps that each client goes through, somebody else can jump in and take care of them. Now there are certain things that only I do like a client consultation call. Mm -hmm. If they think they're, you know, talking to me, I'm not going to put somebody else on the phone. Yeah. There are so many other things in my business that you get to a certain point, you have to scale, which means you can't be doing them. So they're, I'm in the process now of what has to be me and everything else cannot be me. (laughs) Yes. Let's let my clones loose on those tasks. What do you find you enjoy the most about your job and what's a little less glamorous? Well, I love, obviously traveling is is the thing Mm -hmm. I love the most about my job, but that's a given. But I really love, like I find putting together proposals for clients, like, creating a puzzle, right? It's Mm -hmm. like the perfect, like sit down and like, there's all these little pieces, like what do they love? What's their personalities like? Where have they been before and enjoyed? What do they not enjoy? And then taking that and creating an experience. So to me, that's like just all the puzzles fitting into place. And I've done these couple of trips that I call them, they were like surprise, surprise honeymoons. So clients didn't even know where they were going until they were (gasps) sure. And to me, that's like the ultimate, like, yay, because all that I'm doing is like knowing how well I can put together this experience. It's going to be such an important trip for them, right? Like I can't get this wrong, (laughs) but it's like that, that freedom to like really create something that because for a lot of people it's like they heard that they were supposed to go to Santorini for their honeymoon not because they actually know anything about Santorini it's because there is a postcard and an Instagram post that like made them think that this is where everybody goes to their for their honeymoon but I love taking somebody like just listening to somebody just tell me like what do you like to do what Mm -hmm. are your favorite like what's most important to you in xyz category and then coming up with the perfect experience, not based on like what's trending on Instagram, right? So having that kind of like room for creativity within somebody's trip, you know, I take it very seriously because again, like I, I need them to have a good time, but it's really, it's great for me to be able to do that. So I love putting together proposals and then being able to present it to someone and be like, look at this amazing trip. Like, isn't this awesome? And having them be super excited about it. That's the funnest part of, of, I think my process, I absolutely hate (laughs) everything that was quite evident in the fact that we had our world stop traveling. So undoing travel is the worst thing. And it happens sometimes when it happens all at once, you spend months undoing trips and basically working for free, right? Because you're not making any money, but you're still doing all of the work, which is, when you really have to like come to terms with like, do you love this type of business? Because <laughs> you're not getting to do any of the fun parts anymore. It's really hard. Like you sit on, if anybody tried to cancel a flight, you know, at the end of March, it was ridiculous. But that's what I had to do for every single client. A lot of hours spent like in the muck. 
but none of that part is fun, but it is, you know, part of it's the bigger why is most important. You just, that's just, that's what we had to suck it up and, and get done. So it's definitely not the fun part. And, you know, travel in and of itself is, is unpredictable. So even there's all of the acts of God, which you never can predict, like, oh, there's yeah. a hurricane. Well, that's great. Or, you know, airline strike in Italy and now their planes aren't going anywhere. Like there's so much you cannot control as mm-hmm. much of a control freak as I am. Something I just, it's out of my control. And that is part of travel, which is part of life. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. I, that must have been travel Armageddon the first oh, couple months of so the coronavirus. Yes. Gosh, it's horrible. Well, I hope it is getting, is it getting better at you know, all it's, now? It's, well, it's kind of at a standstill. Okay. I think people are just waiting. Like we didn't do the best job at getting to the other side of it as I would have mm-hmm. hoped so that like things could have looked a little brighter at this point. So I think that people are just still waiting to be like, okay, like what happens next? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think you take the cake for most intense, uh, what do you, what's a little glamorous, less glamorous about your job question answer <laughs> of all the podcast guests yeah. I have ever interviewed. That is so intense and I'm not jealous of your yeah, position, yeah. <laughs> but I'm grateful that there's people like you helping probably stressed out travelers rearrange or cancel their trips. But okay, we're drawing near the end. Yeah. Someone, I know for sure there's going to be someone who's thinking, oh, for sure, I think this might be the career path for me. But what would you say, just to be certain, what do you think someone really has to like and be okay with? And just what qualities do they have to have to be a really good match for, or to actually be satisfied in this role in the long term? Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting word. I think you have to be a matchmaker in a sense. Mm. Um, I think what's really important for people to understand is that, again, this is not just about loving travel, although that does need to be probably one of the things that is true about you. It's in the same way that you plan other things in your life, you're planning somebody's vacation, but what you aren't doing, like the product that I have or the services that I provide is not necessarily like a hotel booking or I booked Mm -hmm. your flight. That is something people can do on their own. Yeah. If you are offering that, and that's what you think that your value is, you're going to be sorely disappointed that that's not valuable to anyone. So I think what you have to have is this understanding that like you, whatever it is, and you can do, it can be something different for for each of us, but whatever it is that you love about planning travel is something that somebody else is going to find valuable. Like, you know, that like, what you bring to the table is where somebody else is like, gosh, I wish somebody would do this. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, those things overlap. And so that's obviously organization, kind of critical thinking, being able to like handle a lot of things at once, being organized is like a super big thing because this is, there's so many moving parts in, in somebody's trip. And then when you have that multiplied by as many claims as you have, you can imagine like all of the intricate details that you're trying to keep intact. Yeah, and I so, can't imagine. Yeah, it's a lot. I got a lot of stuff on my computer that like really matters that it stays organized. So it's that part of it. But then also just being, I think, good with people. If you think about it, somebody trusting me with their vacation is one of their most valuable things. Like it's yeah. their leisure time and it's their hard-earned leisure money. 
those two things are hugely valuable. So creating trusting relationships with people is something that you have to be good at. People have to trust you and basically know that like you have their best interest at heart and that you're there to help them and partner with them. And so being good with people is probably a really important skill set. Oh, I'm sure. I can't imagine all the patience, compassion, and all of that that you must have to exercise when you are reminding yourself like, wow, this is a huge honor. This is someone's hard-earned dollars, hard-earned vacation times, PTO, whatever. And I want to do the best for them. And I'm sure you always do. But yeah, that's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Glad there's people (laughs) like you out there. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I have that, the moments like that where I'm like, wow, advice I'm getting sometimes or giving sometimes leads people to actually 100% of the time completely change their career. So wow. Anyway, (laughs) um, but what would you suggest the very first baby steps are? Like not complicated. All you got to do is just, you don't have to have the full staircase, just the first couple steps to get in, uh, get your foot in the door in this industry. What would you suggest those are? You know, I would say the best way to start is by finding a place where you can learn. And I, I don't, this is not something that I did well. So I feel like mm-hmm. if I had to go back and like, there's so much that I like learned as I went and learned through mistakes and learned, didn't know what I didn't know. If I had a mentor or even if I worked under somebody or just interned in some way to kind of just like learn the ropes, it I think would increase just that like ramp up of like getting to a point where you really felt comfortable in what you were doing because it's not, it's at the same time you're trying to understand how to run a business and then how to actually plan somebody's trip to where it's successful outcome doing all of this simultaneously. If you had somebody to kind of at least go to with your dumb questions or walk you through, or you take care of just a small part of it, but you're not (laughs) responsible for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think that that, allows people, number one, to get a real honest look at what this is like and if it's for them, and then also not to be overwhelmed with all of the other things that come with running your own show and doing all of this on like a larger scale. So there are things like that exist, like training programs, mentorship programs, or like I said, even starting off as an employee in a bigger Mm -hmm. agency where you just learn the ropes of what it looks like on this side and then decide, this is something I could really do. And I think I could find my own clients. Awesome. Then you, you kind of know what you're doing already. And then like the client part is the next step that you kind of take on, but it kind of just gives you a leg up to go that route. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't feel that people talk about any sort of mentorship or apprentice type model uh, in terms of tactic to ease into potentially going into entrepreneurship rather than just going straight in. (laughs) I don't feel like that's talked about enough. I would sing the praises of that approach as well. But last question. Yeah. As you look over your career and kind of see themes in it, what do you feel one of the biggest lessons you've learned is? Mm, I would say and especially, I think it's, it's more true now than ever, is knowing your why, like why you do something will, it's going to be what makes or breaks you. So it's true when you start out, when you have like 2.5 clients and <laughs> you don't really know <laughs> like what maybe. you're doing. Yeah, maybe if you're lucky. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You don't know like 
it might make more sense to be a barista at Starbucks. Like, but then you just, you know why you're doing it, you know, your bigger purpose and that keeps you going. It keeps you kind of like figuring it out and, and seeing kind of like, okay, well then there's this goal and then there's this goal. And I see myself moving in the right direction. And therefore that keeps me motivated. And that's what you need to start out with. But then I think it has all come full circle now in 2020 where I have to stay right back, go right back there and be like, why do I do this? Why do I want to stay in this industry when it's like the, it's the, you know, not, not the best industry right now to be a part of in terms of like Mm -hmm. the future. It's still that same why and that same purpose. I believe travel will always be something that like brings people joy. Mm-hmm. And while it is not something that we can really enjoy now, and I have to weather that storm, I'm sticking it out because I know that ultimately I'll get back there to where I'm able to help people find joy in that way. And so it still has to, I still have to be, stay rooted in that purpose and the reason why I'm doing this and the reason why I wanted to start a business and travel, because it's very easy to be discouraged today and think, yeah. uh, maybe it's time to jump ship. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know what, like what five years in has shown me is that I know why I do this and I'll be able to do it again. So I just have to like ride out this storm and we'll get back to the fun stuff one day soon. Yes. Oh, what a lesson from someone who has a more established business because it's easy to think, no, that's just for the first super tough, maybe 18 months. Nope. You know, nope. yeah, those acts of God that you mentioned yeah. that Here you are. exists in every genre yeah. of business. Uh, so stay connected to that. Why? Well, I so appreciate all that you've shared. You've been so generous with the advice for so many facets of what it means to be a travel designer. And I'm so excited uh, for people to listen. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. It's been great. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the Job Library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other bingeable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.